Greetings, Greenhouse people. If you're like me, learning the backstory of successful and iconic companies is always interesting and gives insight into the business and industry as a whole. Companies that survive and thrive for decades are nimble enough to maneuver trends and fads, but consistent and focused enough to chart a thoughtful and successful course amidst constant change. This is certainly the case with Pan American Seed, who's celebrating a 75th anniversary and making innovative moves to grow for decades to come. This is an action-packed episode of Tech On Demand, podcast brought to you by Grower Talks, where our goal is always to bring you tips, tricks, and information to produce your best crops ever, and make product decisions to improve your quality and bottom line. Be sure to subscribe to the Tech On Demand podcast on your favorite podcast app, like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Odyssey, and more, so you'll never miss an episode. In part two of this podcast, the conversation turns to plants. Breeding goals, favorite varieties, underused and underappreciated products, and floriculture's future. It's a nice mix of fun plant talk and strategic vision. If you didn't have a chance to listen to part one of this two-parter, jump back in the archives and check it out. It sets the stage very well for this conversation. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and I'm very excited to be joined by Anne Leventree, the president of Pan American Seed. Anne's a member of Ball's executive committee and the Ball board of directors, and as I mentioned, the president of Pan American Seed Company, the seed breeding and product division of Ball that has the leading market share of seed for ornamental plants worldwide. Anne's been with Ball since 1987, and as you'll hear in this podcast, has seen a lot of changes, industry growth, and changing trends. Interestingly, she started her career in the mental health profession and worked in several public mental health institutions in Pennsylvania before joining Ball as a human resources specialist holding different positions in HR until becoming Managing Director of European Operations and now President of Pan American Seed. She received a BS in Psychology from the University of Pittsburgh an M.A. in Clinical Psychology from Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and an M.A. in Industrial Relations from St. Francis University. Anne's married and lives in Naperville, Illinois. She loves to travel and learn about other cultures and the nature and wildlife in other parts of the world. She's also a board member of Metropolitan Family Services of DuPage County and a board member of the Chicago Botanic Garden. Now, we're going to pick up where we left off last time, and continue our celebration of Pan American Seed's tremendous milestone. Let's talk a little bit about product stories because I know that Pan American has a, a range of amazing products that have been introduced over the years, and uh, we're a plant industry and everybody likes to talk plants. So while I've got you, can you talk a little bit about some of the products that you think are truly breakthroughs from Pan American Seed over the years, you know, I, I would I would love to ask you for your top three, but I don't think that's probably fair because because of the number of products that that have been introduced and each one has a has a true I guess importance to the industry. So you can talk about as many as you'd like, but why don't you call out some of your your favorite products over the years from Pan Am? Okay, well, the first one I wanted to mention because it's a very big product for us and it's very important to 
the whole industry, I think, and that's wave petunias. And the innovation that we brought to that initially is not the product. Ironically, the very first wave petunia, which was classic purple, uh, was bred by Kirin, which is a Japanese beer company. And they had just developed this, this product. And we we saw it and the opportunity to negotiate the marketing and sales rights to them. Initially, we only had it for North America. And we eventually gained marketing rights for all over the world. And we eventually bought the program from Kieran. And so now we it's a wholly owned program. But the initial one was bred by Kieran. The innovation that Pan Am did is the marketing. Because at the time it was introduced, so Wave is 27 years old. It's been in the market a long time. And it's really stood the test of time. There was a brilliance to the marketing at the time. And I I credit probably two people in particular for that. One of them was Ben Raven, who really developed a lot of the strategy behind that. And the other is Bill Deckel, who was in charge of our marketing department at the time and helped put some of the design uh, work together on it. 27 years ago, there really were not branded products in the in the plant department at stores. You you did not go into a garden center either at a box store or an independent and see any brands. You didn't see any colored pots. The, at that time, the merchandising wasn't very good. That you rarely saw any form of merchandising around any any product or any group of products. There weren't any programs. It really was quite innovative to design this pink pot, which was really twofold. Um, one was to identify it as something different than a standard petunia, because mm. there were lots of petunias on the market at that time. And already there's still, there are many, many more now, but consumers were used to seeing petunias. They had been buying them for years. So the idea was to call this out as something very different. And then also that it was something special. You know, it's in a pot. It's in its, we tried to get um, the retailers to dedicate some space to it so that people could find it easily. We also ran commercials on HGTV. HGTV was just starting to hit the airwaves at that time. And nobody had ever done a commercial for a plant before either. Of course, shortly around after that time, I think PW was also, it was right around that same time that PW came to market. And then they did their thing with a lot of marketing. And then it's all kind of spread from there. But Wave was a, a single product. The first time, first product we introduced was just that classic purple, just one color, but it was this whole marketing that really carried it. And it really was a very extraordinary product. You know, the, the color, the performance, it was very different, but it was also a nightmare for growers. <laughs> it was very hard for them to grow. It was very hard to control, hard to ship, pot helped pull it through. And so that that's an innovation, I think. Um, that we're still benefiting from to this day uh, is the the innovation in the marketing of Wave. Another one I think has really been uh, in the market a long time. It was also introduced around the same time as Wave is Dragonwing Begonias, which was the first interspecific begonia. And interestingly, I think it had been bred at least five or more years prior to us introducing it because 
nobody wanted it. It was this big, vigorous plant. Everybody was used to the little Sempiflorens balls. And the market was looking for basil branching dwarf compact plants at that time. And nobody thought that this had a chance. But then the, the dragon wing is a spectacular for performing genetic. It doesn't matter what you do with it, if you water it or you don't, sun, shade, whatever you do, it looks spectacular. And so it's a great consumer product. And, and that's one that uh, I've always really liked. And I always put in my own yard. And then when, uh, I just want to mention Beacon, you know, the industry, everybody's aware there was a very serious problems with problem with downy mildew on impatience that almost killed the market. I mean, the market really declined and in certain areas of the world uh, and certain parts of the US, there almost were none sold anymore. And um, we started working, it, it was more than 10 years of effort and many failed attempts to accomplish this but we finally found an answer to have a truly disease resistant impatience and were able to bring the product back on the market and the last one i want to mention is um we have uh really been putting a lot of effort in at least for at least 10 years or more in taking products that were available only in vegetative form and making it from a seed because there are some inherent advantages to seed. Some growers prefer vegetative, some prefer seed, and it just depends on their system and how they work. We've had some very successful products in that. We, we introduced the first and still it's the only Angelonia. That one really uh, expanded the market substantially from just what was being sold in vegetative. We introduced hybrid echinacea, which previously had only been available as tissue culture. We just this past year introduced SolarScape Impatience, which is the like a, a interspecific impatience from seed. And then we have some some more minor crops like Euphorbia and Bacopa and some things like that. But that's been uh, a really important effort for us. And it, it has solved some problems for the growers along the way as well. Those are just phenomenal products that you called out. Wave, I, I do think in this day and age where you see a lot of branded plants at retail, it, it's hard to it's hard to think back, you know, 27 years to the what a garden center looked like. But there was no branding and marketing. There might have been a few plant programs that, that people recognized, but Wave definitely uh, was instrumental in in bringing awareness to the importance of marketing for our industry. Um, dragon wing, dragon wing, probably my favorite garden plant. One that I recommend to everybody to put in their yard because you really can't fail with it. And I love the, you know, I know that there's a whole backstory to to how dragon wing came to be. Um, but I think it's it's interesting to think about the fact that sometimes plants with phenomenal garden performance can be shelved for a while because they don't have the the compactness and other grower attributes. But I do think that we're we're seeing a change in that, um, a slow change in the industry to really understanding the power of that consumer pull through and the fact that companies like Pan Am can make a plant producible for a grower that can also be a really, truly amazing garden plant. And then the, the, the breeding of crops that were traditionally vegetative and now can be produced via seed. Um, certainly a lot of grower benefits and benefits to the 
the actual class of plants. So um, those those are really good ones to call out. I think Beacon definitely is a game changer, uh, kind of brought back the impatience market, which is great for anybody with any shade in their yard or landscape and uh, really saved, uh, sa- saved a, a, a plant that folks really love and something that is a huge retail retail product and, and brought it back. So kudos to the the team, the big team that worked on Beacon over all those years to to make that viable once again. So how about how about a couple products that haven't gone as you thought they would? Pan American introduces a lot of products. I mean, <laughs> there's there's no doubt about it. And um, I got to believe there's some that were in the new variety catalog that, you know, you and the management team thought were really going to be big winners that that maybe didn't hit the way you expected. Can you, can you think of any of those off the top of your head? And maybe, I guess it would be interesting to know why um, or why you think that they didn't uh, become the big hit that, that you thought they'd be. One of my favorite ones to talk about is Griffin Begonia, hmm. because that came out a long time ago. It was not long after Dragon Wing. And it, this is a most people have probably never even heard of it or, you know, unless you remember when it was introduced, but um, it's a foliage begonia. So it, it has very small, very late to flower, um, almost inconsequential flowers. It's really for the foliage. And what I love about the product is that it's a fantastic shade performer. It will size up to the container size that you put it in. So if you have it in a relatively small gallon pot, it will get to be a really nice size and it will fill that pot out and look really good. If you put it in an extremely large pot, it gets to be enormous. And so if you want it, to, you can get a beautiful looking, very, very vigorous plant with it. It's it's just a, a wonderful plant. And I always get that for my own yard every year too. It's another one like Dragon Wing. I always have it because I know how it performs, but it's very hard to find at retail. And, you know, when I look at our sales numbers, we sell enough to, to keep it in our assortment, but it it underperforms where it should be, in my opinion, relative to the consumer performance that, that you get. Um, and there is a story about why it didn't, take off I think at at the very beginning when we first introduced it one of the retailers one of the big box retailers really liked the product and they asked their growers to grow it and the growers did and they put a good bit into the stores that first year we didn't do any marketing around it and we didn't call it out in any special way to let people know about the performance and I think consumers didn't see any flowers on it and, you know, at that time, especially flowers were important. They just didn't buy it. So the growers, they had done a good job growing the product, but it didn't sell through for them. So they didn't want to do it anymore. And then the retailer dropped the program. And and I don't think any of the box retailers have Griffin in their stores unless it's just a kind of grower's choice. But that's one that I think the industry is missing out on, or at least the consumer is, because it's a wonderful plant. Another one that is doing, it's doing fine. It's not, I wouldn't call it a failure by any means, but it, it's underperforming what I thought it would do. And that's Cool Wave Pansies. It's a, it's a spreading pansy. 
it makes a beautiful color bowl because it, it will spread pretty flat and a little nicely mounted out, but it really spreads and covers a lot of space. And at the time we decided to attach the wave name to it because it also had the spreading habit. It was a way to make it seem different to the consumer when they're shopping than uh, another kind of pansy. And we priced it like a wave, which was quite a bit more expensive than than what uh, pansies were selling for. I'm actually not 100% sure why it didn't take off as well as we expected. I think some of it has to do with some parts of the North American market. The The season's pretty short. You know, the a lot of consumers don't purchase pansies in the early spring. And the fall market has gone so much to being just mums. It actually sells much better in Europe. Europe has a bigger pansy market overall. And I think they have a lot of window boxes and you know, they, they can use it and it, they have a longer season for a cool season product. It's, it's certainly not relative to what I think the performance is. It ha- hasn't performed like I had hoped. And then the last one is, is our fault. And that's, we introduced Kabloom, a seed caliber Koa. And this was a very highly anticipated product. Like Everyone who had trialed it loved the product. They couldn't wait to get their hands on seed. We struggled at, you know, before we introduced it, we struggled to get a consistent quality supply. But then we, one year, we had an extremely uh, excellent uh, production of it. We got lots and lots of seed, high germinating. So we thought, okay, we cracked the code here. We're ready to go. So we launched it. And then we have never been able to replicate that same performance in production. So we can make seed, but the germination is pretty erratic, especially with certain colors. We need to be more reliable with the product. We struggled with it for a couple of years because people really wanted us to work out the problems, but we thought it would just take too long and we didn't want to keep disappointing everyone. So we took it off the market, but we're continuing to work on it and we're getting closer. And I think we are going to solve it. That one at the time, you know, I know was really disappointing, not only to us, but to a lot of people in the industry. Your the track record of Pan American Seed is is great. So I definitely don't want to spend time too too much time on on products that that didn't quite hit the goals that that you and the team had. I will say on Griffin, maybe it was ahead of its time. Because now you see that format and plant style is a very, very big trend. And I also like Griffin. I've grown Griffin. Um, I think it, it's unique for a begonia in that it is a round, sort of a round habit that you can look at from you know 360 degrees versus having a flat side like a lot of um, traditional type begonias. You know, maybe that one was ahead of its time. And then when it comes to Cool Wave, the challenge I see is that the doesn't always look trailing in the stores so it's some you know at some level if it's just out on a bench with pansies it looks like a small flowered pansy until you see it in a basket or like you said in a window box really truly trailing i wonder if it's a matter of well i know that you guys worked really hard on the culture to help growers Mm -hmm. produce cool wave yes. um in in that trailing spreading format but i wonder if it's just a matter of 
you don't necessarily see it at retail in in having that show that trailing show that 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 you do um, when it's really grown out. You know, we, we've talked a long time, but I do want to take a little bit of time now to talk about the future because you can look back on a 75 year history of a company and really celebrate a lot of the innovation and, and leadership that that a company like Pan American has achieved. But I know it's a company that's not sitting still and, and reading the history books. You know, you, you guys are constantly working and, and really trying to push the industry forward and, and the company forward. So what are what are you really excited about looking forward in the next few, maybe maybe five years or so, even longer, about Pan American Seed and and maybe turn it to how some of the the things that you're working on that are really going to truly um, benefit growers as you've done in the past now moving into the future? I've seen in the time that I've been with Pan American, I've seen the evolution in the industry and what kinds of traits companies are breeding for. You know, when I first started Panam, I remember Impatience was our number one product. And I can remember our sales director saying, just bring me more colors and I will sell more because every new color, and it didn't matter if you already had a light pink and a dark pink, if you could come with a medium pink and it was slightly different, we would sell more Impatience. Well, that is way over now. You know, people aren't looking for lots and lots of colors in the same general class. They they want to streamline their assortments, if anything. And there was a lot of effort made on um, controlling habits. You know, plants at one time weren't quite as well controlled. And so there was a lot of effort on bringing the habits a little bit more uh, under control and and getting more branching and some of those kind of traits to just make the plants look more attractive at retail and perform better. But a lot of that work has been done now. And um, we still get asked for certain colors in certain classes where there maybe are limited color choices. But um, in general, adding new colors to a big class like a pansy or an impatience is not a goal anymore. What we are really looking at more and more and working on is all kind of environmental tolerances in plants. You know, we really want to make plants as easy to grow for the grower and as no care for the consumer as possible. So um, we always think about both of those legs in the in the channel, the retailer as well, because all three are important. A plant has to be something that the grower can produce well and, and make look good. It has to look good at retail and it has to perform for the consumer. And if you have if you have two of those and are missing the third, it's not going to ever be a really big product. What we're trying to do is just make things as easy for everyone in the chain as possible. So we're working on things like disease resistance, looking at different kind of environmental tolerances like uh, heat, stress, you know, making plants able to ha handle that better cold tolerance, looking at how we can make plants bounce back better from rain, just a lot of, of things like that that will, will transfer to great garden performance. And I forgot to mention before when I mentioned our breeding stations, we also have one in Thailand. And it's in a very high heat location. It rains a lot in certain seasons of the year. So we get to really test our material under some pretty 
extreme conditions and um if it holds up there you know it will hold up in a lot of places so so it's a combination of getting the genetics that you need and then doing the testing and making sure that you have that but those are longer more complicated breeding projects most of the time than um, just getting more colors in something or uh, making something more compact you know you won't see all of this coming immediately it, it does take a while but in the end i think that the growers will have products they can be successful with and consumers will be getting products that are they're easy, they look good no matter what, and, and they power through the whole season, which I think is a lot of what, what people are looking for. I completely agree. And, you know, Beacon's kind of an example of that is that Beacon was launched without the traditionally massive color range of a lot of mm -hmm. previous impatient series, but with a specific goal to solve problems for growers, retailers, and consumers, all three legs of that stool. And, and that's really exciting. I think that uh, the purpose of breeding is still, uh, it's got to be exciting for, for the breeding teams at Pan American Seed. It's just, it's a little bit different than in the past and, and is going to result in products that, that do truly benefit all aspects of the industry. It's interesting uh, when, when you look back at, at when, when you said, you know, just bring me more colors and I'll sell them, that is definitely uh, changing and, and not something you probably hear uh, very often. It really does come down to a streamlined assortment that, that will perform at all levels of the chain. Before we just wrap this up, what, what have we missed? Is there, is there anything that, that you want to share in terms of um, maybe words of wisdom or warning or Anything that, that, that's on your mind that you want to share with our listeners before we close out for the day? I think I'd just like to say that I feel very fortunate to have found my way into the industry and have had the opportunity to work most of my career in this industry. I think it's a wonderful industry. I love the people in the industry. I think we we have a very good product and a good story to tell as an industry. We're I think the products that we, the ones that we breed and the seed we make and the growers grow, it, it provides so much beauty and so much satisfaction to people around the world. There have been all kinds of studies to talk about all the other benefits of it. There have been studies that have shown that if, if an area is nicely landscaped, crime will be reduced and domestic violence will be reduced and people will interact with their neighbors more. And so I think it's such a good product for everyone's mental and physical well-being. I feel very fortunate we, and all of us should feel fortunate we can work in this industry. And of course, many consumers have discovered this, many more than we had before during COVID, and they started gardening. And um, we now have millions of new gardeners that hadn't been doing this before. I think it's important for us as an industry, for everyone in the chain to talk about that and make sure people know these messages and why it's so important and why why plants are so necessary to the world. The the uh, not just the aesthetic benefits, but all the other benefits that come with them. I think, you know, we always, I think we should always remember that the products we make does so much for so many. I have never been uh, 
uh, in a in a travel situation or at a party and met someone new and they ask you what you do and you tell them about the business that the people haven't said, oh, that's so nice. Or, oh, you're so lucky. No one ever thinks it's a terrible industry. It's a great industry. And it's, you know, I make flowers. It's like, wow, how great is that? It's true. It's true. And it's a great reminder for all the listeners to, you know, even though things can get pretty crazy in the spring and, and sometimes frustrating, we are really blessed to work in an industry that does do great things and brings beauty to everybody's lives. I agree with you. I think we need to constantly remind that um, to, to folks that we talk to and really um, drive that message home to those new consumers that we attracted over the last few years because it inspires us all on a daily basis to, to put in the extra effort and, and to really appreciate products uh, that we sell and the people that we work with. So I completely agree. I'm glad that you closed with that. Uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic reminder. So, Anne, this has been a lot of fun, I think. Celebrating a uh, 75th birthday for Pan American Seed is is super exciting. And as I mentioned at the beginning, your dedication to horticulture and and the leadership that you brought to Pan American Seed um, has brought a lot to the industry and really can't be understated. But I really enjoyed hearing some of your stories and learning a little bit more about the history of Pan American Seed. And I'm sure that the listeners have as well. The industry relies on Pan American Seed for a lot. I know that that's. Uh, that that that's a lot to fulfill, but something that I know that you and, and the entire team at Pan American are up to, and uh, certainly something you guys take a, a lot of pride in. And for that, I want to thank you, and on behalf of the industry, to thank Pan American Seed for all the leadership and great products over the years. On a personal note, thank you so much for your time. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for the opportunity, Bill. I really enjoyed it.